Before we start, can I tell you guys my TBTL dream that I had? <clears throat> yes. Oh, yes. Are you sure you don't want to tell it on the show? Yeah, tell <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Like Christy said, we could said, save it for for an Easter egg at the end have, if anyone wants to hear right. Anne's dream. Have consequences <laughs> emerged yet from last time? Nothing. So there's. Your I mean, answer. except that there's art of me that I have to hang oh. on the wall somewhere. <laughs> but no no consequence no consequence from Mike. No right. no, it's all just hotter. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, hopped up on my very own ooey-gooey tar bars. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from New Brighton, Minnesota, the bringer of the recipe for the ooey-gooey tar bars from the Stick of Butter Studios, it's Ann Lundholm. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Bobby. And now everybody can know how easy they are, and I won't seem so cool that I can make them. I didn't get the crust perfect like yours this time, so I think it's going to be a lot of trial and error. Oh, it's a rough life. Yeah. Uh, But we'll persist. Uh, In Dallas, Texas, good morning to Meredith all the way Mayhan. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Bobby. And joining us for this recap, a special guest in the, I guess, fourth mic on the fourth mic in the fourth chair for us uh in san jose it's ellen i believe your nickname from last time you appeared was andrew on the inside mid that's right bobby good morning ellen. good morning <laughs> uh we had ellen on last on episode 193 celebrating luke's impression of kai risdahl an episode that ended up getting us some twitter attention from kai risdahl and some ire from luke and andrew <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. If you haven't heard that episode, make sure you go back and listen. Uh, we've got some LRB business, uh, followed by your Week in Review and how you can get involved with the show and housekeeping, all that good stuff. Uh, but first, LRB business, starting with a welcome back to Ellen. Thank you for joining us this week. We're so glad to have you. Thanks for having me. I need an outlet for all of my opinions. <laughs> um, one way to get on the show is to just uh, fire off so many <laughs> poignant throw your phone moments that we realize we just need to give you a mic instead of trying to read your comments uh so we're so glad to have you with us this week uh before we proceed just a reminder the last friday show uh actually and the last friday show was your baby so why don't you tell us a little bit about it well this is one that uh If you don't normally listen to the Friday shows, I'm really going to need you to go back and listen to it because we're starting a new contest, a new game, and we are playing TBTL Bingo. And so if you want to know the rules, and there are not very many of them, you're going to need to go back and listen to uh, Bobby and Christy and I kind of hash out how it's all going to work. And I'll just say, if you want to play, and everybody is welcome. See, you don't have to actually do anything. You don't have to archive any episodes or put forth any effort. Just send me an email at tbtlbingo at gmail.com and say, I want to play. And I'll send you a bingo card, and you will have a chance to win, hopefully. Uh, We had a lot of fun coming up with a lot of um, 
different ideas for bingo squares, and I encourage people to send in their ideas, too. We got a, a whole bunch of really good ones, and a couple that popped up in the course of listening to TBTL this week. Uh, so please let me know. Uh, we can take up to 75, I think, and I already have 30, just without even trying, so... I think we can have a lot of fun with that. The other thing we did on the Friday show was to uh, look at our Amazon purchases list, which we had been threatening to do forever, but we never got around to it. And so we got to take some time and look and see what people bought, which was really fun. Uh, yeah, you guys all buy some pretty weird shit. <laughs> and uh, we are delighted to get to the pennies from that. You can do that at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. We had uh, some people fess up to things that they bought on the Facebook page after we posted the show, uh, including Meredith, the owner of the Silk Pillowcase. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a small indulgence, but it's an important one. My hair is such a mess as it is already that if I do, if I actually uh, spend the time to straighten my hair or curl it, um, I can stretch it out for like three or four days if I sleep on a silk pillowcase because it doesn't get all tangled and matted at night. So it's actually um, a time saver, and they're real nice. I need to try that. I I was chatting with Madeline, who also listens to the show, and you are not the only person who bought a silk pillowcase through our affiliate link. Really? She also bought one, and she said the exact same thing as you, because she yeah. has curly hair, too, and she said it's so much better for her curly hair. And she also said it's supposed to help prevent wrinkles. I don't know about that, but hey, whatever. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's a longer term thing. I just learned a new curly hair trick. Yeah. Indeed. You can they they have like satin ones at Target and those are good too. Silk is just a little bit more, I think, durable. The satin ones fall apart after a little while. Nice. Hot tip. My other mm -hmm. uh high school nickname was Kenny G, so I have very curly oh, no! hair. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely a little more concise than Andrew on the inside. Yeah. Or like that. Well, and no one knew mm -hmm. who Andrew was back then. <laughs> and one of, the, one of the other things that we uh, mentioned were these bed bug proof uh, sheet protectors, bed protectors and stuff. And uh, Caleb said that that was him and that that was a, a preventative measure because he bought all new linens and pillows. So we were kind of concerned that somebody was combating a, a bed bug problem. But then... Madeline also mentioned that she bought some uh, of the bed bug resistant covers too. And I had wondered about that because there were like four or five on the list. So Wagoneers have the same fears and concerns, apparently. Yeah, That's smart. Mm -hmm. Get out ahead of those bed bugs. Yep. And yet zero sales of coolers with drainage on them for the back <laughs> deck. <laughs> And the other thing that I wanted to say about that was Andrea did post on Facebook uh, reminding us that ladies do buy condoms too, guys. To which I say, well, I never. I am a gently bred lady. I would never procure any condoms. I'm sure it's fine for other ladies, but not me. Whoa, where did this accent come from? I love it. <laughs> Yes, and I reminded Andrea that they were large condoms in all capital letters and that that was an aspirational purchase <laughs> by any lady. <laughs> that couldn't possibly go wrong. Yeah. 
Uh, so a little more catching up from the last week. Uh, last week we had moved our recording time back a day so that Meredith could go be a hero. Uh, but then Meredith wasn't a hero. So do you want to give us an update on that? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> um, well, so we volunteered with the Red Cross, and apparently you have to put put in an application for a background check. And they have been getting so many applications that it just took a while for them to process it. Um, pup date on that is that my I have passed my background check. They didn't find out about all that other stuff that I did. Um, So I have signed up for shifts. um, Well, they're going to call me this week and next week. So I don't know exactly when, but I've made myself available. Shipping shipping relief chocolates to Houston anytime now. I can do that. (laughs) So did Duff go by himself or did he wait for you? No, he's waiting for me. Okay. Uh, and I was supposed to be in Florida this weekend. I was looking forward very much to doing the show from St. Pete. Uh, and as of this morning, while I was watching CBS Sunday morning, the only people on the beach at St. Pete now are network news anchors <laughs> <laughs> watching the storm roll in. We mentioned that on Friday's show. We were waiting for the airline to officially cancel our flights to and from Tampa uh, so that we could get our money back. And that has happened. When I called Southwest Airlines yesterday, they just said, oh, Tampa? Yeah, here's your money. <laughs> so, I bet. Uh, that was comforting. So instead of uh, fun in the sun, I, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, for the first time ever, made Anne's ooey gooey tar bars. And where does that recipe come from again? We'll have to link to it in the show notes or something here. You posted it in the preheated podcast group. Uh, much to the thanks of uh, Andrea and everyone over there, uh, because we talk about it so damn much. <laughs> yeah, that originally came from my Aunt Carol, my dad's sister, who is a lovely lady living in rural Wisconsin. She's a like a music teacher and an organist at the church, and it's just exactly the kind of recipe that a, a nice rural Wisconsin lady would make. And she called them caramel bars. But it was my brother that rechristened them Ooey Gooey Tar Bars about 20 years ago, and that name has stuck. <laughs> well, uh, if it won't confuse her too much to explain that people who listen to a podcast about a podcast really would appreciate it, uh, let her know that we're grateful for the recipe. You all can make this at home. Uh, those bags of caramel bits are uh-huh. a lifesaver. Uh-huh. Those were great. You don't have to unwrap a pound of caramels to make these. And uh, I am sure that either my dentist or Sam's will be ever grateful (laughs) that we learned how to make these. Good. Got to keep them in business. Yeah, exactly. Um, And do we have some throw your phone moments from this week? Bobby, we have so many throw your phone moments. So many throw your phone moments. (laughs) And as usual, the vast majority of them are tied to the particular days. So we'll get to them when we get to that point. But I did put a couple of things that... uh, were on Facebook that I really enjoyed this week that I wanted to feature. There was a great Facebook thread from Dr. Rob about what I'm referring to as Luke's Franken diet, uh, where, uh, because Meredith, you asked him to weigh in last week on just exactly how ridiculous this new scheme was. And so he posted mm-hmm. a little bit of extra information about uh, the 5-2 diet and the intermittent fasting diet. And there was an interesting conversation around that. We got a great post from Treasure who told us that she shame ate a beef and cheddar in a Walmart parking lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think that 
you need to uh, be ashamed about a beef and cheddar. That's just quality crap fast food right there. I would I maybe think... move it out of the Walmart parking yeah. lot. Right, right. <laughs> That's the shame. Yep. <laughs> and then we, it's been a couple of weeks on this, but we had so much fun on the thread that Mike Farnan started about uh, applets and cutlets. Turns out there are plenty <laughs> of people who really do like applets and cutlets. So... That was really enjoyable. So if you haven't uh, hung out at our Facebook page, just head over there and check and see what we've been up to. And we'll get to the rest of the Throw Your Phone moments in a little bit. Yeah. Those are the people who balance out Mike, who is convinced that applets and cutlets are perfect doorstops for dollhouses. <laughs> I can't say that I disagree with him anymore. Yeah. They're... I thought I was sort of in the middle on applets and cutlets. And I know Christy called me on that because she said... You can't be. You either love them or you hate them. That's just the way it works. And after re-tasting them a couple of weeks ago, I, th I think I am firmly in the hate camp now. Mm -hmm. Is this something you have to eat as a child? Is there like a critical period? I've never heard of them. I think so, because a lot of the people who defended them said like, oh, my grandparents always got these over the holidays and things like that. And so... You know, it's right next to ribbon candy and sugar-free <laughs> uh, mints and things. For and fruitcake. Candy likely to be found at the bottom of Grandma's <laughs> purse. Uh, let's go into our weekend review, starting with Monday 2460, a clam out of the Cuyahoga. Uh, this is a rerun from September 2nd, 2016. And a clam out of the Cuyahoga was actually the second place uh, episode title from when they did the show. Uh, last year we recapped this show last year and i was very tempted to just edit in our commentary from last year but i'm lazy <laughs> uh too lazy to go cut the tape and also we have ellen here and we didn't have ellen last year and i think she has a particular insight into some of this so i'm going to do this very quickly uh we're looking back to andrew's stay at the ace hotel which he hated and luke expected he would hate it, uh even though it's an upscale fancy hipster hotel uh, it has an open shower sink area and a toilet behind a sliding door that does not do nearly enough to separate it from the bed that's three feet away. Andrew finds comfort in negative Yelp reviews of the hotel from curmudgeons <laughs> like him who hated it. And Luke says um, that he, when he's traveling to a different uh, unknown, unfamiliar city where he might have a list of hotels to choose from, like a CBS Sunday morning excursion, um, that he has taken to just going with whatever brand name he recognizes over any kind of one-off hipster thing because he wants the creature comforts of a standard hotel. I just don't understand, even listening back to this a year later, how Andrew could ever have thought that this hotel was going to be a successful adventure for him. I mean, when you say fancy hipster hotel right there, <laughs> I know this isn't going to work. I think this was a relationship compromise. Ah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Didn't she? Didn't she book I it? I think Genevieve right. booked it. Yeah. Uh, the things we do for love, <laughs> and I've, I've made the similar transition that Luke has made. I, I like novelty hotels, or at least I used to. But, but really, at the end of the day, I want free parking, a free breakfast of some kind. Um, you know, ideally a, a Holiday and Express pancake machine, which has been well documented here. Um, those are things that I value so much more than having a guitar on the wall that I can take down and play. 
like Andrew does uh, when he strums the acoustic that is found there. The guys talk about their go-to guitar songs, which is not worth getting into again. It's really, really not. Um, and then they get into a, I believe this was the top story of, about media today, books printed versus on tablet screens. Um <laughs> I'll note that a year ago we had, I believe, a relatively extended conversation about the revolution of things like Fifty Shades of Grey because people wouldn't have read that on the subway <laughs> or the bus if they had to actually have the cover of the book showing to everyone. But, Ellen, this is something that piqued your interest right away. This conversation about is is the transition of media to digital formats yeah. ruining us <laughs> as a society uh, in a world where Luke calls himself a Luddite even though he always has to have the latest everything. Right. So um... – I am, I don't consider myself really a lady scientist, but I'm a lady social scientist. And um, one of the things I actually study is the impact of digital media on youth civic engagement. So I read all of the stuff on how the internet is either destroying or revolutionizing civil society. So I got super annoyed listening to this um, because the idea that we aren't going to talk to each other because we read on Kindles rather than books is ignoring the fact that people find different ways to connect with each other all the time. And I just find it ironic. We're spending time together. People who don't know each other in real life or do somewhat now discussing a show brought to us by a device that Luke thinks is destroying civil society. Um, and it's just people find different ways to connect with each other. And I don't know if you guys have been on a plane where somebody asked you what you're reading on your Kindle, but I have. And uh, and if we don't ask each other about our books, we find different ways to connect to each other. So I just, um, even back when the Telegraph started, there were all of these people talking about how the Telegraph was going to ruin our society so mm -hmm. um it comes out every you know every new technological innovation if you're over 40 and talking about how new technology is destroying civil society <laughs> take a look at yourself and i'm over 40 so that's not a slam against those folks so yeah i got i i crushed my phone on that one <laughs> <laughs> And we we had talked about you coming on before I had even heard Monday's episode. Yeah. So I'm so glad, <laughs> just coincidentally. That's the short version of my opinions on this. <laughs> so remind us, for people who haven't heard your other show or haven't met you or haven't Facebook chatted with you, because, yes, this is the 21st century and all of us know each other, know one another as well as we do because we connect through these media. Your day job consists of um, telling people that they're full of shit. <laughs> well, my day job <laughs> consists of I'm a professor in child and adolescent development and education. But um, what I have been studying is how young people use the internet to connect to to do to connect to civil society, basically to become politically active or active in their communities. So that means studying things like the bad side, which is media literacy. How do you figure out what's real or fake news and um, online conflict, but also studying how um, young people use the Internet to get their voice out. And um, and I do a lot of reviewing of all the research that looks at if you use the Internet net in certain ways, it makes you more likely to be politically active if you use it to just sort of passively for entertainment that tends to be distracting so it's always more complicated 
Uh, we had an extended conversation about that on the show in February yeah. when you came on um, because, uh, well, the Internet and politics and social media yeah. <laughs> is a wound that's still sore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and I say this after just having watched the Hillary Clinton interview on Sunday morning, this morning. Oh, too painful um, for me right now. Yeah. So uh, go back and listen for more on that. Um, Ellen had the leading opinion that certainly made the most sense. But Anne, uh, Meredith, I don't want to leave you out of this if you had any new hot takes on this year old story. <laughs> I don't know that I necessarily do. It's just that um, I'm. I am more of a Luddite than Luke is, for sure. And when the Kindle came out and all the e-readers, I thought, nah, I'm not going to really use those. I just like books too much, and I like the tactile experience. And now I read on nothing but my tablet. It's just too damn convenient. And I don't want to start a conversation with people in public anyway. So I'd rather anonymize what I'm reading. I the how I've always felt about this is that we use technology, well we can use technology to connect with people that we wouldn't normally connect with and in ways that we normally wouldn't. Um so for me personally, since I moved away from Michigan, I you know, my mom hates talking on the phone. Hates talking on the phone. Um, she rarely ever calls me, and if she does, it's because somebody died or you know something horrible has happened. So, if it weren't for texting, for instance, I probably would never talk to my mom. Mm. And it's it's comfortable for both of us. It's fine, and and it keeps the channel of communication open. Also, Facebook. Like if I didn't if I didn't post on Facebook every now and then, she would probably not know if I was still alive. <laughs> um, so it's useful for that, and it's useful to stay in touch with with my extended family who's all in Michigan. And I'm really thankful for that. And and it does irritate me when people get kind of um, grumpy old man about how cell phones are ruining kids these days. Right. Um, because I think we've just shifted a lot of our. Um, methods of connecting to technology. Um, and I use my phone for everything now. I mean, I talk to LRB people all day long in tens, like you're always in our, in my pocket with, with our various chats. And that's really nice. Um, and, uh, for somebody who works at home, that's, I really appreciate that amount of social interaction. Plus we've already been ruined by the telegraph. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Samuel Morse was a dick. Yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, there's a little bit of talk about the new Christopher Guest movie, Mascots, which isn't new now. I never saw it, and I don't think the guys talked about it again. So it may, I think it may have come back around when it came out, but that was about it. Um, Luke says that Andrew has used up all of his nega bucks, which is a term that could have caught fire but didn't. <laughs> uh, I know I was sad about that. That was a good a good word. Yeah, and uh, – once every couple of months, Andrew is always good for a denial on being a furry, and we get one in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's something that stays evergreen. Uh, this was a Friday episode, so despite all of my best efforts, I got stuck with Music Fear Week. On <laughs> 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 a Music Fear Monday, it's LCD Sound Systems North American Scum. Wilco's far, far away. You'll be shocked that's Luke's. And then... Um, Max, listener Max, had Philip Roebuck's Somebody Take Me Home. A year ago, I wrote in my notes that that song was amazing. On the re-listen, I, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what I was thinking a year ago when I was so in love with it. 
Uh, but that's uh, Monday by way of Friday, September 6th, 2016. Friday, September 2nd, 2016. Isn't uh, ending the show with a Wilco song going to be a bingo square? I believe it is. <laughs> I hope it is. My suggestion. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Tuesday, 2461, less smashing, more slicing. Um, Luke talks about how they had to update the sign indicating how many days they've gone without Olive murdering something. I didn't know they had this sign. Did you? Guys, maybe I missed something. No, I think I was that's vacationing. Okay, yeah. but she didn't actually murder something, which I so I think this is kind of an unfair characterization. Well, uh, number one, this means that some poor rabbit is running around out there with internal injuries, yeah. possibly. And number two, Olive commits murder is going on a bingo square. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, my comment on this was Luke was so excited that Olive didn't murder the bunny. And I'm thinking this is just a day for Olive and Luke. And this bunny, it's like the worst <laughs> moment of its life so far. And, well, yeah, and she may Aww. have murdered it. It just took longer. They should open a little post-traumatic stress recovery center for all the wildlife there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, Andrew recorded his voice uh, in that reverberating effect um, that Luke loves so much. Uh, basically, just to troll Luke. I think we all unanimously hate it, right? Um, guys, mm-hmm. you love it? Unpopular opinion here. You may not let me back on, but um, I actually <laughs> laughed during the picnic when he did the reverb. <laughs> because it made wow. the peanuts sound scary. <laughs> And the game wasn't really going anywhere anyway, so. True. My problem with this is that I couldn't. That's very true. Yeah, I couldn't understand what he was saying. He had to say it in reverb and then say it without. I know, that's true. If I had hopes for the game being a good game, I would have been upset, but Andrew's Mm -hmm. games often get a little bit confusing, so. The reverb. I don't know. I thought it was funny that the peanuts sounded scary. I wouldn't want to do it all the time, but I did laugh during that. Well, I, I don't like the reverb, but I did like Andrew using it to troll Luke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he had to record his voice because he couldn't do it in real time, uh, which also was pretty funny. Um, again, if only he worked on the show content that hard. Um, Luke played his robot voice in response, and then Andrew kept playing. This did make me laugh. His his uh, A little clip of him doing a fake laugh where he goes, <laughs> right. And he just played that over and over and over. <laughs> that was pretty good. It is, of course, uh, smoky in the Pacific Northwest because of the fires. And um, this is probably the first in, of I don't know, 20 references to Tatooine this week. Don't make me do this, Luke. <laughs> don't make me be the Star Wars nerd. <laughs> Here's what I wrote. No, Tatooine is incorrect. It's an incorrect reference. Tatooine has two suns. Two suns. It is a desert that is very bright. (laughs) Don't make, I don't want to be like um, the comic book nerd from The Simpsons, you know? Worst cosmic wars ever. I will only see it again three times today. (laughs) And you've got voices today. Really? (laughs) Come on. I'll have more to say about Star Wars later. Okay. Um, Andrew talks about how he spent an evening on his balcony drinking beer out of that fetid cooler. um, And he revealed that he puts the drained water in the bird bath. So gross, Andrew. Who's killing more birds here, Andrew or Olive? 
<laughs> we need a study. Um, oh. We did get a throw your phone about the cooler. Oh, where did it go? From Kristen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kristen says, on Tuesday's show, Andrew said to Luke, by the way, one thing I didn't tell you is we have a cooler out there that has a draining mechanism, dot, dot, dot. And she says, no, Andrew... <laughs> Andrew already told Luke about that on the podcast in detail. Uh, agreed. They're having he's a hard time keeping what they said on the show from what they said in real life, probably. Well, he's very proud of that cooler. Why? I mean, he it's really disgusting. loves it. Ugh. Can, I, I don't want to spend our jam money on this, but somebody needs to get him a, a little, uh, little cooler or, or a refrigerator, I mean. I don't a think he fridge. wants yeah. that, a though. Fridge. I, think, I think he's in love with this cooler thing i think he loves the process putting in the ice yeah it's a puttering thing i I don't think he wants anything more fancy than this he loves his fetid water yeah i think he was proud of the cycle of beer to bird feeder (laughs) well he was saying this was kind of a convoluted story but he hadn't eaten anything that day but then he had a salami sandwich which he calls a salam sandwich um, and then he apparently got drunk on Bud Light, but he wouldn't. He he went to great lengths to not say that he was drunk. He said that he felt loopy or something. Well, it, <laughs> like, okay, it wasn't Bud Light. It was IPA. Yeah, oh. there was a whole thing about how it was getting more towards fall, so he thought he'd have IPA or he something. Accidentally drank real beer, yeah. and it got on top of <laughs> yes. him. That's all. Because he's used to being able to drink so many Bud Lights without right. feeling anything. Exactly. I see. I see. Um, and he had a weird night of sleep um, and woke up in the morning to a red sun and ash all over everything, including the drawer handles that he had painted and left out overnight to dry, <laughs> which is a real bummer. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I call summer in California because we have so Aww. many fires. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, Luke is talking about how annoyed he is with this on-demand commercial that repeats and how, how he doesn't like the imperfect dynamic ads, which uh, I think a few of us have had some TBTL-related uh, experiences with those this week. We've had some trouble with those ads and skipping and such. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke narrates this whole Subaru commercial that he hates. And this is another bingo square that I suggested is whenever they describe a visual medium, I think we should get a point for that. Um, and I haven't seen this commercial, so this was just really, this was tough for me to listen to. Yeah. Uh, p- apparently a husband and a wife in a car, but she's riding the rails in her fantasy and gets uh, crudely ripped back into reality by her dumb husband who won't get ways, wondering if their turn is coming up. Um, Luke thinks it's a, a commercial about a woman on the edge who would rather be taking a train adventure than being in the car with her dumb husband. Luke thinks it's Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. He just puts himself right into that situation. And Andrew called him on it right away. And I thought really insightfully, um, he said that was a very Burbankian reaction. It was reflective of his insecurities about his own relationship, which damn, Andrew. Mm-hmm. And Luke admits that he does have an insecurity where he worries that everybody in his life doesn't really like him and would rather be hanging out with somebody else, which is kind of heartbreaking. Wait, Luke has an insecurity? (laughs) (laughs) Newsflash. And he again wonders about the uh, ad pitch meeting where surely this ad went to die. Um, they talk about ad doctoring and play this really bizarre doctor, doctor song. I don't listen to after these messages. So this was a new, totally out of left field thing for me. Did anybody know what this was about? Oh, yes. 
that's they found Andrew found this and used it to troll Genevieve to the point where they've just embraced it. And the Ad Doctor song plays fairly regularly. And the After These Messages listeners love it. Well, yeah, we got a hug your phone from Lauren. And she says, Andrew played the Doctor Doctor song, three, four excited marks. Um, not only do I love that song with my whole heart, I love, love, love Luke's reaction. Can't believe Andrew never played it for him before yesterday. It's just such a bizarre song. that It is very weird. It's bizarre to the point where it gets funny, kind of, maybe. Yeah. You say so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't. It's the the problem I have with the Doctor Doctor song is if I'm driving in traffic, listening to after these messages, and then I suddenly have to roll up my windows or turn down my stereo <laughs> because I instantly look and sound like a pedophile. <laughs> I don't listen to, I used to listen to After These Messages, but since I don't have regular TV, I just, I'm a cord cutter, so I don't see a lot of commercials. Um, So my note on this where Luke and Andrew are the only people who talk more about commercials than my parents do, because my wonderful parents are constantly (laughs) trying to explain to me funny commercials they saw, and I don't have a point of reference for them. And uh, so I did enjoy the Lisa Weinberg-esque interpretation but by the yes. third time the commercial came up this week i was banging my head against the my phone <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. if you're somebody who doesn't watch live tv which would be sports right then yeah. It's, yeah. it's really why would you ever see any commercials ever well and i yeah i only i only dvr stuff basically um or buy things on amazon now i guess uh, and there's no commercials. And I think commercials are the worst part of TV. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I stopped listening. Uh, I watch live sports and I still just, I, I get up, I'm looking at my phone. I'm, I'm not paying mm-hmm. close enough attention. I may have seen the Subaru commercial before, but I don't remember ever seeing it before. Luke's probably right. It probably would have been funnier if they had stuck to the original plot of making fun of Steve Jobs in it. Right. But yeah, I, I don't remember <laughs> ever seeing this before. Um, speaking of Steve Jobs, Luke was just talking about, um, breaking the screen on his phone and apparently he smashed his, his screen, but he said it's, it's actually kind of okay because the iPhone eight is coming out soon. And we got a couple of throw your phones about this. Um, Joel said, Luke was just talking about being a Luddite last week and now he's lusting after the (laughs) iPhone eight. I wonder how accidental his phone breaking really was. (laughs) Good point, Joel. It's pretty, I mean, it sounds pretty cool. I kind of like to have the new thing. Um, and conveniently for me, they, uh, the new iPhones always come out right before my anniversary. <laughs> so that's usually my anniversary gift is a new phone. Slick. Easy to shop for. Yep. And have yeah. you moved on to the smartphone yet? Yes. Okay. In fact, uh, I'm due for a new one if we do the whole thing where we're all paying for a smartphone at all times. I've paid off the current one, so I really should be getting a new one, but God, I'm so cheap. Like I want to get more value out of this thing. (laughs) Nope. Doesn't work that way. Uh, We just bought Sam a new iPhone seven this week because her five S was finally on its last legs. And um, 
we waited too long. It didn't even really have any trade-in value yet. They were going to give us like 40 bucks for it, which is less oh. than the cost of a new high-end case for her phone. Yeah. And so we just kept it as an emergency backup phone slash Amazon TV remote. Mm. That's it. That's the last yeah. life we're going to get out of it. You're telling me that I need to get on it sooner rather than later? Yep. It's every two years. You got If you want any trade-in value, you got to take it right back to them and, and just know that you're going to just be paying 30 bucks a month for the rest of your life for the rights to own or at least lease a, mm-hmm. uh, a smartphone. Yeah. Do I get a... Uh, a break if I just spend the 700 bucks and just buy it outright? You you can keep it after. And um, I know Christy is a big advocate for the Apple financing. So if you buy the phone through Apple directly instead of through your carrier. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to get screwed no matter how you do it. It's just the way it works. <laughs> I don't I don't bother trying to save a few dollars here or there anymore on it. It's just the cost of having a smartphone in 2017 or whatever. Just eat it. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'm going to introduce our top story for today by reading another throw your phone from listener Fred. Um, Fred writes in, and this is a little play. This one's kind great. Of. So <laughs> yes, it really is. Um, Luke, what should we talk about? Onions or Legos? Andrew. Um, me yelling at my car's imaginary radio. Legos, Legos, Legos. Andrew, <laughs> let's go with onions. And so begins a TVTL hot dog story about <laughs> onions. <laughs> this is why we can't have more listeners. I'm not young or especially popular, cultural, popular culturally savvy, but I do know that Star Wars Legos would be far more popular with a potential new listener than onions are. <laughs> we feel your pain, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Can I read Mackenzie's through your phone? Yes, please. please. Fucking onions. How do they work? <laughs> Basically. Sorry, Aiden. Yeah, sorry, Aiden. <laughs> that is what this top story boils down to. Uh, we learned that the chemical that burns your eyes uh, when you cut up an onion is a defense mechanism. And I would just like to point out that 99.99% of the p- pesticides that we consume in our diet are produced by the plants themselves with no intervention from us. Plants are really good at keeping bugs away from themselves. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't still be here. Um, Luke tries to sing a song about onions in the style of They Might Be Giants. I think he does like a little birdhouse in your soul kind of thing. That was strange. Yes. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was a good try, okay. Um, they suggest that you could put the, f- the onion in the fridge, in the microwave, put it under water. Um, and uh, they talk a little bit about knife tricks. And maybe this is where sex goggles came uh, from because yeah. they were talking about – because Andrew was saying if maybe he was really good at this, it would make him a lot more attractive. Okay, yeah. That's where that came from. To everybody <laughs> if he was wearing goggles and cutting onions. <laughs> so, yes, I think I wrote Andrew's sex goggles yeah. after that one. Yeah. <laughs> I well, was a prep cook for many years, and my only tip, really, I mean, I've tried the bread in the mouth thing, and that works a little bit. Goggles works, but it's kind of cumbersome. But having a sharp knife is really the only thing that that I ever did that worked. Uh, a sharp knife and quick work. Mm-hmm. Just do it. Do it quickly. Be trust yourself and and get it over with as quickly as possible. That's you know, I wasn't a prep cook as long as you were, but I was for a few months. The uh, chief coleslaw and other things maker at a sandwich shop and uh just the faster the better get it over with go wash your hands after don't touch your face 
Yeah, I, I used to have to, I didn't have to do too much dicing. We, we, we often did it on the slicer, and that's a lot, it's extremely sharp. And so it was actually not painful at all um, if you kept your distance a little bit from the slicer, <laughs> didn't cut your thumb off, anything like that. It was actually not too bad on the slicer. So I think a sharp blade is key here. Um, but all these other, other tricks seem kind of fun. Um, and it's cool to have knife skills. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I yeah. actually found onion talk useful. I got some ideas. <laughs> wasn't the whole point of the thing was that anything that you did to the onion to try and mitigate this actually changed the taste of it? Yeah, because heating it up, well, would make it mushy and cook it a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and... so anything you do to try and get rid of the onion defense would only have the effect of making it less tasty. Yes. And they said that they had somehow, uh, somebody had engineered an onion to not have those chemicals in it, but then it didn't taste like an onion anymore. Right. So, yeah. But I liked the candle idea, like the redirecting ideas were interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've heard the running water while you're doing it, like setting up next to the sink and running the sink helps. I don't know if it actually does, but I've tried it. It seems like it might. I've done um, that. But Yeah. The number one trick I've found, especially for things like soup and stew, uh, is to buy a bag of frozen chopped white onion, mm-hmm. which is great. You dump yeah. it in, it heats right back up, it, it tastes good, and it's way easier than dealing with chopping onions. So if you want to be I lazy, had... frozen yeah. onion. I don't remember what I was making, but it wasn't too long ago. I had to um, grate an mm. onion for a oh, recipe. no. It was Horrible. <laughs> horrible. I didn't have any goggles, but that would have helped quite a bit. Um, this segs into a conversation about how frustrating uh, cutting onions and tying a bow tie are. Um, tying an actual bow tie. That's nothing I know how to do. I don't even know how to tie a tie. Um, but Andrew talks about how he kind of became a little baby because he got so frustrated trying to tie a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird thing, and it's very hard to do so that it looks good when you're done um people who wear bow ties every day uh i i don't know how they could i mean i guess after a while it's just like anything else it's just like wearing a regular tie every day luke does mention that he's not sure if david burbank is still wearing bow ties every day or not if he just listened to lrb he would know exactly that david is over his bow tie phase see the internet would Um, help him connect with his family ah. good point This is where I'm an Andrew on the inside because I just, I'm not with the bow ties, but I literally just watched YouTube videos on how to tie a scarf because I cannot figure out how to wear a scarf. And I got really (laughs) frustrated. My mom gave me a scarf and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with this thing? And then I got frustrated and just stuffed it in my purse. (laughs) (laughs) We should do LRB scarves. We should add those to the store and you can wear them any way you want. Ooh. Yeah, just a nice red scarf with the white wagon on the end or something. We should work on this. Oh, can you guys make um, dog collars? Ooh. Oh, that's a good idea. We have a big LRB um, TBTL Can I Pet Your Dog podcast overlap group. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we could get the wagon and then print who rescued whom on it. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) 
Um, we get a really excellent voicemail from Stu about fantasy football, but then they started talking about sport ball, and I totally zoned out. So if anyone has anything to say about it, go ahead. My only comment <laughs> is that I felt that the voicemail got turned into a no-point conversion, and I felt tricked. Yes. Me too. Uh, that definitely happened. Um, I I only took uh, concise notes about the conversation about the Tens Fantasy Football League because I thought it would be worth sharing. Uh, Luke's team is named still the Game of Throws. And this week he is going up against the Cuyahoga Clambake, which is Mike's team. Oh. And it's Mike's team that has the picture of a bearded sort of Andrew lookalike. Not really, it but good enough. It looks a lot you... like Andrew. I think it looks like Andrew. <laughs> With his face and his hands. Which and it's believable pose for Andrew. Absolutely. One of Mike's favorite pictures uh, of that. And that's been his team for a couple of years now. And so they're duking it out. I forget who uh, Luke's Game of Throws are up against. There are some other very 10 centric names in the league. Uh, my team name for what it's worth is black bucks, no socks, which is a little line from the George Brett tape that I love so much. Um, and then I sort of faded out on this conversation too, because I just wasn't ready to take notes on a no point conversion. Uh, but I think the takeaway from this section was that there's conversation of Andrew joining the Hawk squad text chain, mm -hmm. even though most of it is just Susie Burbank asking the family questions. Don't do it, Andrew. No. Don't do it. No. <laughs> that would be way too weird. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I think I would actually like sports if I got to talk about it with Susie Burbank. <laughs> I think she's on my level. Perhaps more enthusiastic. Yes. <laughs> Let's go to Wednesday, number 2462. You say Ziosk, I say Chiosk. Uh, both Luke and Carrie are at, wait, wait, uh, oh, wait, 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 don't tell me, at Walsh Walsh and Doormat. Um, let's start off with the throw your phones on this. Um, from Eric, hug my phone any episode that Carrie is on. She's so great. And Kirsten says, Carrie Burbank is a fucking saint to put up being married to Luke. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> yep. I have that thought weekly. Mm -hmm. I want to. I just want to chime in and remind everyone, though, because this has come up a couple of times recently. Yes, she absolutely is. Yes, but she also bought the ticket and took the boxcar ride. She knows what she's getting out of Luke, I think. And you know, yeah. give her some credit there. She she enjoys it too. Let's not, uh, you know, I don't want to pour Carrie the whole time because you know, she. I think she's get what she wants out of this. That would be my guess. Yep, it's the classic different strokes for different different folks she's yeah she's getting some things out of the deal too but that does not mean that she's not a fucking saint no exactly no i'm, I'm saying those things are all true i just you know let's uh you know it sounds like a lot of fun you know if you just know what you're getting into and i say this as someone who i think sam is also a fucking saint yeah you know you just thanks people said that about you know, me when we first got married my husband and i and uh <laughs> Because he's got some quirks, and uh, yeah. I find him delightful and hilarious. And but he does occasionally do things like buy a three D printer when I'm out of town. So, oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Will he make me a TBTL phone case? Um, it's a little slimy right now, so we're working on um, mixing the materials. But once he gets it a better better model, we can we can talk. Wait, the, the printer or the case? The case, because okay. the 
material that was pliable enough to fit on my phone is a little too soft. So we're working on a blended model. So it's like a jelly yeah. situation. Yeah, literally if my hands are wet, the phone case is slimy. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we get a picture though? Because people should see this. So your husband, so his... I put video on his... the Stens page of him making it. Okay, yeah. Okay. We'll get the link okay. and tag it accordingly because it's very cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he, He's trying know. to make up for the fact that he bought it without permission. <laughs> but it's not a boat. <laughs> well, they start the show by talking about getting together with old friends that they don't necessarily check in with that often and how uh, they understand that a lot of times these old friends kind of check into TBTL to try and kind of figure out what's going on on the show and so they can say oh yeah i was listening the other day when you guys talked about whatever um but the problem with listening to tbtl is that you can't fake understanding it you either know or you don't and it's so sort of self-involved and looped in and over itself that you you can't have a conversation about it unless you've been listening consistently for a while so they say that they don't actually even want their friends to listen I don't know. I think this is kind of a problematic indicator. I would love it if my friends listened to LRB. I think that would show that they really cared and I would be happy for them to hear anything that I have to say. But if you're embarrassed to have your friends listening to your what you do for your job, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't tell people to listen just because if they don't already listen to TBTL, I'm not going right. to them into that, you know. Um but like the, my friends who I've told about our show, they'll listen to one or two and they'll be like, that's cool, but I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm out, which mm-hmm. is fine. <laughs> you know, I understand that. But TBTL, yeah, it stands on its own. And, and I agree with you, Anne. It's a little, it's a little sad. My friend's face when I tried to explain that I was going to be on a podcast about a podcast discouraged <laughs> me from having them listen to it. <laughs> they looked very confused. <laughs> Once you get it, a- regular schedule under your belt doing this though you talk about the fact that you're going to do it so much mm-hmm. that i think you get over the um awkwardness of explaining it i mean it's mm-hmm. still always weird but mm-hmm. we're recording this show once or twice a week depending on what schedules we're on and which shows we're on uh and so inevitably i have to say to someone oh i'm gonna go because i gotta go record lrb or i gotta go because i gotta go edit lrb and so after a while mm-hmm. it just becomes the people around me are just used to me talking about it um it's still weird to some of them and sam certainly doesn't listen which i'm perfectly happy about but um you know if others were to tune in like i've got this sticker on the back of my laptop and i go host trivia once in a while i'm wearing one of our t-shirts now and so it's it's inevitable that someone will eventually stumble onto this, and I will hope that I just haven't talked too much shit. <laughs> I did make my husband listen last time I was on, and he was delighted because I am extremely shy in real life. Um, and so he thought it was delightful that I was willing to get on and talk to a bunch of strangers on the podcast. <laughs> Are you saying we're not? technology enabled you to have a more complete rapport yes. with people you wouldn't have otherwise interacted Absolutely. with he was also super supportive that i went to the austin show he thought that was great so well my mother is uh forever saying i really should listen to your blog <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic yes i i was uh relating to her my corn dog baby dream the best and she, 
Yes, she wanted to look at the picture online, and she looked at it, and she looked at it, and then she said, that corn dog is my grandchild. (laughs) (laughs) Can I say, I really loved when the guys were trying to explain, like, what their friends would say to them if they listened to it. Mm -hmm. I really like how you talked about that insecurity you had the other day. That made me laugh. Yeah, uh, speaking of insecurities, they go on to talk about what makes them nervous as radio producers. They talk about live shows when they're getting a guest on the line, if there's a, even a second or two delay when the guest was introduced, then that makes Andrew really nervous. Uh, and also when he is editing a taped show, he is just um, very fearful that he'll forget to edit out a pickup, which is my fear as well. If we have a stop down that I'm somehow going to miss something that I'm supposed to take out and then people are going to know. Um, but the way that they get around this on TBTL is they just make it part of the shtick of the show. Yeah. By never editing anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that way <laughs> yeah. we don't expect it to be polished. That's right. Uh, then we get into this, really interesting discussion of the Burbank's marriage because Carrie has been power using Luke's term TBTL right now uh, and Luke thinks it's because right now it's because she's more in love with him that he can sort of track how much she loves him at any given time by whether or not she's listening to TBTL and she says no it's just part of podcast listening phases sometimes you listen more sometimes you listen less and she's just working on a lot of projects especially out in the yard where she needs some sustained uh, entertainment so that's when she really listens to tbtl and she said sometimes she does listen because she wants to uh, see how luke will talk about something that's happened Uh, they talk about yesterday's subaru commercial talk and how luke thinks that carrie wants to leave him Uh, and she says that listening to tbtl it it doesn't bother her that he talks about this stuff as long as he gets the facts straight and then luke says everyone has their own version of reality and i think this part was the most frustrating part of the week for me because carrie's like but i mean the actual words i want the actual words you say to be the truth and then luke and andrew really both start arguing that it's all just perception there's no such thing as facts really and this lady scientist hurled her phone across the room (laughs) yeah come on i mean there's obviously interpretation but there is a basic set of things that were said and things that happened and um Then Luke argues, well, that may be, but nobody ever actually remembers accurately what anybody said, even a few minutes later. And I was like, well, Luke, just because you don't remember, (laughs) doesn't mean nobody else does. It was infuriating. There are actually research studies on this type of thing, so... And he says that if there is ever an occasion to review the tape... That he's the one who's always wrong. Well, there you go, Luke. That's indicative that you're the one who has a problem with recall, not Carrie. (laughs) So my comment here was I want a new segment on TBTL called Reality Check with Carrie Burbank. I think that would be fantastic. That would be so great. (laughs) It would be great as long as Luke's not allowed to interject and argue. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) Even better to listen to him have to just sit there and hear it. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or I wouldn't even mind if it was a, he could have a response segment. Yeah, sure. Like right. she gets a response and then he gets a, I don't know, counter response, but he doesn't get to talk while she's laying out the reality check. Exactly. Cause he loves, I mean, he interrupts Andrew all the time and he would, he wouldn't be able to keep his mouth shut. I don't think unless mm-hmm. he was, his mic was cut off or he had explicit <laughs> rules because he, he can't handle being made to look less than cool. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and then during the um, newsletter, they can actually have video of watching Luke squirm while he listens. His head <laughs> explodes. Yeah. I was going to say, it has to be just like the State of the Union. Carrie has to come out and say her thing, and we can clap and, and enjoy it. And then Luke has to come out like the minority response video <laughs> after, mm-hmm. where he's just alone <laughs> in a room somewhere, awkwardly drinking a bottle of water. And... Marco Rubio deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, the top story for today is we do finally get to the Star Wars Legos. There is an $800 Star Wars Lego set made with 7,500 pieces called the Millennial Falcon, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, the Star Wars cast on their iPhones. <sighs> this is the second source of Star Wars frustration for me this week. I, I don't understand because... I mean, I realize it's not like Star Wars was the sort of most transformative cinematic experience for an entire generation of people. I mean, maybe it's the most uh, pop culturally relevant movie that has ever been made. That's all. Why should we expect that Luke and Andrew would have any understanding of any of it (laughs) when they were born in the prime era of being Star Wars fans. I mean, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan if you want to, but you should at least know this stuff through osmosis. But to keep getting these things almost deliberately wrong at this point, I don't understand. You just look dumb, dude. No yeah. one can yeah. hear. I don't have anything more to add to that. <laughs> I, it <laughs> I just think that this is not specialized nerd knowledge. You know? Well, they also have the internet right in front of them. They could have looked that up. Well, I mean, uh, Andrew let us behind the curtain. They don't have quite as much internet as they usually have. That's true. They only That's have true. some internet, and it would take a lot of Googling to know it's not the Kessler run. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and that whole thing is very famous because they talk about doing the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs and a parsec is not a measure of time. I think it's a measure of distance. And so there have been a bajillion articles written about that sort of thing. But whatever. I'll, I'll step back now. Uh, at this point, Andrew says that he thinks they already had that Subaru uh, conversation uh. about the Subaru commercial on after these messages. <laughs> And he's going to go back and look for it. And I know that this does come up later in the week, but I went back and look episode 41 at 5631 in the show. They do bring up that commercial and talk about it, but in a very like rushed way, Luke doesn't actually go into any of his feelings on the Subaru commercial, but they did talk about it at least for like 30 seconds or something. So Andrew is not wrong about this. So even better than talking about commercials is having a conversation about whether you already talked about a commercial. (laughs) It has a certain sort of TVTL logic to it. It does. (laughs) 
Uh, going back to Star Wars Lego, Luke says that he doesn't have the patience to put together a 7,500-piece model. I no shit. would believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he talks about Grandpa Farnham Burbank, which is an awesome name, Farnham Burbank, mm-hmm. who carved ducks and smoked a pipe. Which makes them talk about uh, tobacco smells, and they start ranking tobacco smells. Um, and Andrew loves cigar smells, but Luke and Carrie both hate it, and pipe smoke is good. And then they get into where weed ranks. I don't know if anybody has anything they want to say about that. Weed is always at the bottom of the list. Yeah. It yeah. Good weed is still worse than pretty much anything else. Yeah. I kind of agree. I, I like uh, pipe smoke smell somebody else doing it i don't want to do it mm-hmm. um and cigars vary occasionally but i for the most part i think they t- they smell and taste gross uh if i remember correctly doesn't duff sleep on the couch after a good cigar yep <laughs> so i enjoy pipe smell somewhat um because my dad smoked a pipe when i was little before he quit um but what i really 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 hate is walking through a cloud of like strawberry vape <laughs> Ew. Yep. yeah so yep. i work on a college campus it's not allowed on campus but kind of around the edges it happens sure Ugh. so sam and i sam and i were out shopping yesterday and somebody opened their driver's side door in a parking lot and a whole plume of smoke came out and at first i thought they were they were smoking up their car but in hindsight i think it was actually um, fruity vape pa- plume that came out of their Ooh. car, which is actually only a little comforting because then a child got out of the oh, back God. seat. I oh, mean, it's boy. still bad, but at least it wasn't weed or cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, at this point, going back to Lego again, Andrew makes the observation, just a brilliant observation, if you ask me, that Lego sets in the 80s were more primitive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andrew. <laughs> And the best part of this discussion was Carrie telling about her brother, who is a little bit older than her. And when they were kids uh, and her brother was playing with Legos, he made her ask about every Lego block that she wanted to play with if she wanted to to play Legos with them. That sounds like something my sister would have done to me. Or there would have been some kind of complicated task I had to do for each one. Mm Mm-hmm. And now he's remodeling their house, so there's a certain kind of <laughs> kind of fitness, rightness to that. Um, then, as Bobby mentioned, Andrew gets really upset about his poor internet connectivity, um, which would be frustrating if your job was directly connected to your internet speed, as many people's jobs are. Um, second top story of the week is that the Red Sox got caught using an Apple Watch to steal signs from the Yankees. I didn't think this was that big of a story. All teams do their best to steal signs. It's just the Apple Watch component. Um, let's see. Was there anything really interesting uh, that they said in this? Um, Luke gives a very long explanation of what stealing signs means. And that it's only uh, against the rules when actual technology is used. He thinks that this isn't enough time, that the pitches come too quickly to get this done. But I was watching the PBS News Hour, and they had a journalist that had written some book or something on who talked about there being 20 seconds in the pitch cycle, sort of between pitches. So that's actually plenty of time to oh, yeah. steal signs. 
And then I wrote down blah, blah, Luke talks hitting technique and timing. <laughs> Andrew can't tell pitches apart. Luke can't always. Um, shall I read this uh, throw your phone moment about pitch tipping, Bobby? Uh, may I read it? Please from do. listener Eric, because he and I were having a shared experience during this segment. Uh, and, and also, I like that he sent to throw his phone and to hug his phone uh, mm-hmm. together. So first, the throw your phone. Luke, said, Luke the baseball guru, says <laughs> tipping a pitch means someone tells the batter what pitch is coming, followed by what with three exclamation points. Um, he then invokes Mike to correct this. But since Mike isn't here, he says he'll explain just in case Mike isn't. Uh, and his explanation is good. Uh, tipping pitches is when a pitcher inadvertently is inadvertently doing something that tips off the hitter as to what pitch he's about to throw. Quote, I think the pitcher may be tipping his pitchers pitches means the batter knows what's coming by noticing something the pitcher is doing. And he's absolutely right. And if you Google uh, pitch tipping, all the news articles you'll find are from pitchers who realize that they were giving away their pitches during a game or who are worried that that's something they do and trying to figure out ways to correct it. Maybe they lean a certain way or kick out their elbow a certain way or, you know, something about what they're doing is going to give away what they're throwing. It's, it's like having a tail in poker. Uh, they don't want to have that tail. That's what tip pitching uh, pit tip. Wow. Pitch tipping is <laughs> it's just so mad. I can't talk. And if I can remind everybody what Luke said it was, he said it's when you have a, a hitter who's perhaps coming to the end of their career, and it's what you might call their victory tour around stadiums. And so as a sign of respect, <laughs> the pitcher will let them know what pitch is coming before they throw it so that they can blast it. Right. And he invokes one of my favorite movies, Bull Durham, talking about Crash, the catcher, uh tipping off batters as it were uh, to uh, meets pitches or nukes pitches, depending on where in the film you want to pick up his nickname uh, to teach the young pitcher a lesson basically on predictability and, and to listen to your catcher. Um, that is not pitch tipping. That is a little bit of bullshit and a little bit of shenanigans from your <laughs> catcher, but that uh, is not all that common. Uh, and it's certainly that that's an isolated thing to the point where it doesn't need its own nickname. Yeah. So excellent sports segment by Luke. Let me make sure I get Eric's throw hug his phone moment in there. He adds to what many of us think any episode to carry us on. She's so great. Yep. yep. So, there you go. She is. Uh, now Luke says that he is amazed that old people wear Apple watches. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, both my parents have yeah, Apple Watches. My dad has an Apple Watch. It replaced his calculator watch, which he hung on to for a long time. That's pretty great, actually. That is great. Well, because I think you have to have a certain level of disposable income before you get an right? Apple Watch. Yeah. You know, you have to have all the other parts of the Apple platform before you get the watch. So I don't know. Apple stuff is expensive. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that my parents know how to use it in the most effective way, but they have them. Plus, watches are something older people understand. They still wear True. watches in general. Mm-hmm. And we learned that Carrie would not use even a free Apple Watch 
because she has this <laughs> somewhat fraught relationship with technology, and I love that about her. I think that's great. Uh, then they start talking about technology in the form of the Red Robin Zeosk, which I wrote down as a tablet ordering thingy in my notes, and how much Carrie hated it when they went to the Red Robin that had one, even though she desperately needed cheese sticks. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a never Zeosk. And the irony, I don't know if this is irony, but I'm going to say that it's an irony, was that Luke couldn't even find the cheese sticks on the Zeosk. Uh, Andrew mostly just hates the word Zeosk. And um, Carrie's point is that these are supposed to make things easier, but they often make them harder. And Luke says, well, if it worked right, it would make things easier. Well, if it worked right. And then would she use it? And she's like, well, probably not, because she likes the, the human connection in this world to talk to a real person. And he says, well, what if it was a choice between a Zeosk or one of those really annoying, over-friendly waiters? And she says she would take the over-friendly waiters. I think that's where she might lose me. I just want to point out the irony here. Maybe if Luke had a real book while he was sitting at the table. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on to emails for the day from Nancy on the subject of the onions. She tells a story about the restaurant that she, I don't know, did she own it or she managed it or something, that they had a cage in the middle of the kitchen where all the managers <laughs> used to sit. And every time that the prep cooks chopped onions, all the managers started crying in the cage. It's a weird it's visual. It's a great visual. It really is. <laughs> and their solution was to light the candle. Uh Jackie is taking a trip to Spain, and she wants some travel hacks. Oh, Jackie, you just let that uh, monster right out of the box there. Yeah. Uh, so Luke says you should download the airlines app for sure, which I think is good, and also get on top of seating arrangements so that you can make sure that you get it the way that you want it. We've talked before about he wants a window, and Andrew is an aisle man. Carrie says you should always have a sweater on the plane, which is very good advice for people with less body fat and also some people who just run a little a little cooler. Luke says you need to get in good with the gate agent because that's really what's going to help you out in terms of seat assignments and upgrades and things like that. Like it's it's no use being uh, nice to the stewardesses or excuse me, the the um, flight staff because by that time you're already on and you're in the seat and what are they going to do for you <laughs> and uh, uh andrew says download a bunch of episodes of a show that you want to watch but make it a new show and not a show that you've already seen even if it's one that you're less excited about seeing and luke says don't check a bag i don't know i always check a bag i hate having to deal with that whole security situation where you have to pull everything out it has to be the tiny little things in the um, properly sized bag mm -hmm. and then you have to haul the bag through the airport with you not to mention trying to get it on the plane i mean i like the whole concept of checking the bag at the gate i just don't want to deal with the bag for all the stuff that comes before that. So if, to, if I have to pay the 25 bucks and wait 20 minutes at baggage claim, that's fine. I don't care. I do it for the hair products. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When you have unmanageable hair, it's hard to, to find what you need in a travel exactly. size. Uh, mm -hmm. I have a short haircut, straight <laughs> hair, and I never, ever check a bag. Uh, 
pre-check so I don't have to take out all my crap most of the time. And uh, I I get Luke's love for his suitcase. I won't get into it again because I've gotten into it before. But I also love my suitcase for all the same reasons. And um, I don't want to have to wait. I don't want to have a layover and have my bag lost left somewhere. Um, I'm very loyal to carry on trying to gate check. He and I are very similar in those travel wants. Um, I agree that getting him good with the gate agents can help, but you also can't control your gate agents much. You're either going to get nice ones or not nice ones. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot to be won there. Always be nice and friendly with them because that's just the way you should approach everyone and everything in yeah. life. But um, right. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to. You're not going to, I don't think, earn a lot of mileage with them. Uh, And as someone who flies standby fairly often, I can say it is helpful when they want to be nice to you. They have a lot of power. But um, you can only be so nice to them without coming off as creepy. So just don't overdo it. Right. Just be nice to people because we're nice to people. And that's what we do because we are nice people, Luke. Right. Right. And you are. Luke's (laughs) hacks are all geared towards him getting more stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I feel less bad about saying he has the moral reasoning of a toddler. I felt bad about writing that one. <laughs> I mean, it's understandable, right, that he wants to make his traveling experience as stress-free and hassle-free as he possibly can because he does so much of it. But I don't know. At some point, you just have to relax and let go and... Maybe if his time management skills were a little bit better, <laughs> he wouldn't be so frantically rushed for time all the time. He yeah. just he wants snacks and drinks in a big boy chair. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so now I am delighted in the show because Bean arrives on premises Yay. to, I guess, do some sort of project with luke and anders a mysterious i wonder if it's for that halloween show or something i was trying to think of what they could be doing together that would necessitate him coming over but uh he gets to meet carrie for the very first time and he says to her quote you're adorable you could have done so much better (laughs) this is the source of luke's insecurity (laughs) right the thing is carrie's really gorgeous so yeah, she I is. had a sort of reverse Terry Gross moment where I'd heard her on the radio and she sounds like a normal person, like people do. And then I saw a picture and sort of gasped and thought, oh my God, she's really gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Bean tells us about one of his latest projects. He submitted a program to this sort of community produced radio, internet radio station in England. Uh, where you can just sort of make a radio program and submit it and maybe they'll play it. And he chose to make a radio show about doo-wop. He says that he really enjoyed being able to choose his own music because on the Kevin and Bean show, they, I mean, they're DJs, but they don't actually get to pick any of the the music. And so they talk about doo-wop for a little while. And um, it's a, Luke wants him to like recommend some really good groups to listen to. But uh, Bean says that doo is kind of a one-hit single medium. There aren't too many uh, doo groups that had sort of a long career with multiple, multiple hits. I will say the Persuasions. Get in on the Persuasions, guys. They're awesome. And they talk about uh, Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. And Frankie Lyman was so popular, he actually had a double to go on stage and perform 
for him. And Andrew, at this point, does his doo-wop impression that Luke had been bugging him to do the other day that he refused to do. And he says it's about a low sound, and then it's also about a high sound. And he is totally right, because so many doo-wop songs start with something like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, and then they all end with, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right, I do. So I thought that that was really great. Uh, then they start talking more about um, music, and uh, Luke says that Carrie just loves Brian Wilson, that she's a power user of Brian Wilson, and she disagrees with this. Again, this is Carrie's reality <laughs> check that she really likes Brian Wilson, but she's not obsessed with him. Oh, no, she's also obsessed with and- the fidget spinner, right? Obsessed with the fidget spinner. <laughs> I want to. I need to take a temperature check on how she really feels about Marlon Brando oh. at this point. I don't trust <laughs> anything Luke says. And Bean tells a really kind of a sad story about how he had a chance to interview Brian Wilson back in in his dark days in the early '90s. But it was really sad because when he got there, Brian Wilson was I don't know so drunk or so high or whatever as to be incoherent, and that that interview was just. Um, unusable um, but that at some point he did do a hip-hop version of surfing usa that exists somewhere on some oh tape that could theoretically be unearthed at some point i hope point. it never comes Please to light do i that do too so bad yeah i do too nobody needs that no and that ends wednesday all right, Thursday, 2463, The Abyss of Grossness. And just, this is a pretty gross episode. So sorry, Anne. I know you're... Uh, I'm, I put in my notes, I'll be over here not listening to poop talk. Right. And I, heard, I can't wait to hear Anne's reaction to this episode. <laughs> there we go. Oh, you want me... Uh, right now, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll try to keep the grossness to a minimum. Um... Andrew started the show by making a weird noise, um, kind of a marsupial gurgle version 2.0, maybe. Um, And then he talks about how weird it was that he had a memory. um, And it was about the movie It, or the show, I guess, (laughs) It, from when he was in fourth grade or fifth grade or seventh grade or eighth grade. Well, actually, it was ninth grade. Um, When he would doodle the suicide scene. Um, on the pages of his notebook like when he was do. in class, like yeah. you do. And of that clown looking out of the sewer grate also, mm-hmm. it sounds like. That's not disturbing at all, Andrew. Yeah. Remember that story he told about how he doesn't like therapists because mm-hmm. the one therapist said that he was going to grow up to be an abuser? Yep. Did he tell them this story? Because Maybe I feel that why. might have informed their opinion. Well, also, Andrew <laughs> said he was embarrassed to realize it was older than he thought. But if he's doodling suicide scenes, I'm more comforted that he's doing it in ninth grade than in fourth grade. Yeah, me yep. too. Um, Luke talks about Stephen King's writing and how annoyed he is that he tends to overreach. He can't leave well enough alone, as he put it. Um And Andrew likes that he has uh, continuity throughout the books, at least as far as location. Um, They talk about how um, he uses a place called Derry, Maine, uh, which doesn't exist. Derry, New Hampshire does exist, but apparently Derry, Maine is based on Bangor, Maine, um, because he's he's a Maine-based author, right? Mm -hmm. He lives in Maine. He went to school in Maine. He's kind of obsessed with Maine. Almost all of his stories revolve around Maine. This is not um, news. (laughs) Right. <laughs> and Luke goes, 
Derry, Connecticut? New Hampshire? <laughs> Maine? <laughs> oh, yeah. We did get one throw your phone moment for Thursday, and it was from listener Sarah. And she says, Derry, Maine, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We covered that. <laughs> Um, we move on to talking about, uh, Luke said something about, um, raw dog. He of course mentioned that. Um, and Andrew brought up that maybe that sounds a little dirty to some people. And ironically, Luke asks us to control ourselves. (laughs) It's our fault that we're putting a sexual connotation on raw dog, but you know, it does have a very specific meaning. It's explicitly a sex thing. Yeah. It's not something that's become sexualized, and it's not something that's become desexualized. I think he tipped his hat. It's a sex term. <laughs> I think he tipped his hat when he later said, because we're podcasting without a condom. <laughs> right. Yeah. He kind of yeah. knows what it means. Yeah. Um, somebody apparently wrote in to ask Andrew to stop abbreviating after these messages as ATM because... <laughs> Well, I'm not going to say what it is. That one took Sorry, me a Aiden. second. I had to think about it. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that, I mean, I agree with him. That's on the mm-hmm. listener. That is not. If, if, the, if that's the first thing you're thinking of and not the thing at the bank, that's your problem. Yep. That's yep. not their fault. That's not their fault at all. Uh, and then they talk about how go eat a bagel is not a negative thing. It doesn't mean go jump in a lake or take a long walk off a short pier or whatever. Um, and then Luke mentions that butt hurt is not meant to be a sex thing either. Which I never thought it did. No. Mm-mm. I mean, it's an unpleasant term. Yeah. Yeah. No one should say it. Um, top story is the guys describing a video, bingo, point for me, um, <laughs> where a really charming um, Irish fellow is yelling at a kid named Derry, a lot of Derry in this episode, uh, to catch a bat that is apparently caught in their kitchen, it sounds like. And uh, the poor dog pees on the kitchen floor because he's so scared. <laughs> this whole thing. I know. Um, it was it was funny. I, I guess I didn't really think it was as great as they did. It's No. Uh, the guy was quite a character, but maybe you need to watch, again, the visual part of this to, to that's get another, it. Yeah, that's one of those top stories where there's really no there there when they actually... Yeah get into it i think this is a personality thing because my husband sent me this video saying you have to watch this and i started watching and i waited for something to happen and it didn't really go anywhere and i thought huh but he thought it was hilarious and i saw it i found it slightly funnier just listening to it but i think you're (laughs) either into it or you're not Maybe I shouldn't watch it then. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the kid who is in charged with uh, uh, getting this bat is never, he never speaks. And so Luke refers to him as Silent J. <laughs> I think he meant Silent Bob. And I think we got a few <laughs> throw your phones about that. Uh, yes. yes. One of them was mine. <laughs> yeah. Point taken. And then they play the That's a Tuner Bro audio once again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I jotted down one thing that I wanted to say about this. This video is that Luke um, says to Andrew before he starts, and he's like, now at any time, you just you just tell me to stop and let me know, and I'll translate what he's saying for you. And then he immediately stops and says that what the guy said was, we're in a haunted house, when what he actually said was, get the bat out of the house. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait a minute. But it had captions, didn't it? <laughs> Well, I didn't watch the video, but I was listening, and he clearly said, get the bat out of the house. 
That makes a lot more sense than we're in a haunted house. house. (laughs) I guess your Irish is just better than Luke's. I guess so. I mean, despite all his Irish roots. Right. All right. Uh, Lynn Pham actually did come through and got the audio, of course, of Carrie saying that Luke was right and sent it to Luke in an isolated form, pretty much right on time when they were having an argument at (laughs) dinner. Um, And so I think we're going to hear a lot of that uh, for Luke claiming that he was always right about everything. Um, And he discusses a little bit about how he still can't believe her listening habits, her TBTL listening habits are not all about him. Uh, he very much still believes that they revolve around how she feels about him rather than what's going on in her life. That must be it, Luke. Yep. And sorry, Anne, top story for today is the terrible Tinder date that went horribly, horribly wrong. Um, I'm not going to recap what happened. I think we all know exactly what happened. Um, the discussion was that there should be a law that everyone has a plunger and an air freshener in their bathroom. I kind of agree. Um, there should always be a plunger, especially if you have people over. Um, I would never want somebody to have to have that experience in my house. I would feel terrible about that. Um, but Luke does say that the air freshener should be automatic or sound like a toot, which uh, <laughs> I don't no. really agree with that part. No. Because of plausible deniability. No, I'd rather hear a psh sound, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I think this this situation with this date actually had a relatively positive outcome because the guy set up a crowdfunding site um, to replace his window because he was like a, what, a poor grad student or something. And they raised something like 1,200 pounds and they're splitting the extra money between two charities, one for the fire department and one for a, a, a something that provides toilets to developing countries, which is really great. And they had a second date. I know, pretty amazing. Yeah. And I thought he had a really mature attitude about it. Like we got all the worst part out of the way. Like, we don't ever have to deal with toilet stuff ever again. And that's one way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Get over that. So, in the notes, uh, there's a couple of things side by side here. First, in Anne's notes, she writes, nope, 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 a thousand times, nope. And all I wrote next to it was that I have a story. Which is a lie, because actually I have one and a half stories, I think. I'll do the half story first. Uh, A couple of years ago, I helped a couple of friends move to St. Louis, and we drove the moving truck from Buffalo to St. Louis, and we got there. And uh, for reasons that are unrelated to me, the first thing we had to do when we got there was run out and buy a plunger (laughs) for this new apartment with everything in boxes. But we did find one at Walmart that has two handles on it, so you can really, like, handlebars... Like really get in there. It was kind oh, of impressive. Wow. So I've never seen that. We did. We did decide to buy the most embarrassing plunger we could <laughs> find since we got sent out on short notice. Uh, so we'll work on an LRB plunger. Maybe we can put our. <laughs> that was suggested by someone. I forget who, but we will work on that. Uh, but my real story is um, not quite as embarrassing as uh, this uh, first aid story, but it's similar. Uh, I took a trip years ago on short notice, kind of spur of the moment to visit, um, a long time pen pal. Um, and I think I may have mentioned this before it's been a while, but, um, someone I actually met on the internet years and years and years ago as a young teenager. And we were pen pals by, by pen and paper and online intermittently through the years. Um, and we were friendly. It's a girl, but it wasn't romantic. Um, 
but I was still going to be meeting her for the first time. We had been talking and I had an unexpected free weekend come up and there was an airfare sale and just figured we'd do it. So I flew to Evansville, Indiana, which I often cite as the smallest airport I had ever been to. Um, and she came and she picked me up and we met for the first time in person and we got back to our house and I had been traveling all day. And so I excused myself to use the restroom and I used the sort of half bath in the common area of their house and immediately clogged the toilet. Oh, oh no. Uh, and I, of course, went through all those panic steps that the state went through. I didn't go as far as to try to throw it <laughs> out the window. Uh, and, to, and to be clear, I didn't didn't think that anything I had done had been particularly uh, impressive or abnormal. Uh, it's not like it was, um, you know, and if everything had been functioning properly, this wouldn't have been an issue. Uh, but for whatever reason, of course, my luck in front of a, a family of people I had never met before in person, um, I had to come out and uh, ask about a plunger. And I am panicked, and there's this long pause, and then she just looks at me and goes, oh, yeah, that one all the time. Sorry about that. <sighs> that goes hand in hand with having a plunger. You yeah. have to tell your guests to use a different restroom if yeah. the one that they're going to is problematic. Also, let's That's use a little on her. Somebody who just got off two flights yeah. and has been traveling all day. I mean, come on. Ouch. Uh, yeah, so that was that was the beginning of a long weekend visit. <laughs> and then, dear readers, I married that girl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, nope. Actually, I think we realized we weren't as uh, compatible as we thought we were as friends when I got there, and we drifted after that. So, mm. there you go. Yeah, Evansville. Interesting. Uh, that was my first experience going to a, a Jimmy Buffett cheeseburger in paradise, too. So, there you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, we get a really excellent email that very much ties in with the top story from listener Sabrina. Um, and she tells a story about being at a restaurant after I think it was a beach uh, day. Uh, and her sister-in-law got stuck in the bathroom of this restaurant with no toilet paper at all. <laughs> and, and they kind of dismissed it. Their food came. Uh, she was still in the bathroom. And they, oh, she probably has some, you know, some tummy troubles. <laughs> and then she looks down at her phone. She has 17 missed calls. <laughs> somebody else has a bunch of Facebook messages. And turns out the poor woman was stuck in there with no toilet paper. Um, which is like... Mm, not the worst reason to get stuck in a bathroom. Like I can think of a lot of other, to like, you know, the toilet's overflowing and the door is mm -hmm. locked and you're stuck in there. Like it could, it could be worse than that, but that's still pretty terrible. Um, and they talk about what uh, articles of clothing they would sacrifice <laughs> to get out of that situation first. And they talk about socks and, and things like that. And, Ugh, but no. they're right. This, these were probably, <laughs> <No>. in, <laughs> she were probably in flip flops and a bathing suit and maybe a cover up or something. No, here's how I solve this problem. When the third or fourth or fifth person comes and tries to open the door, knocks on the door or whatever, instead of saying, occupied, then you say, I'm sorry, I'm having an issue. Can you alert a member of a staff that I need assistance? And then I ask the staff to get me some genie toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is know one me. of the reasons that I carry... Um, Kleenex in my purse at all times, and I carry wet wipes in my purse at all times. Yep. 
and I wouldn't go to the bathroom without it. Okay, LRB toilet paper and wipes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me the LRB poo pack. Oh, I love it. Ooh. Um, oh yeah, Luke said that she should dip her butt in the toilet. <laughs> no, Luke. Have you ever met a woman? Sorry, that's not happening. And frankly, um, how big does he think the toilet bowls are? I'm fairly sure that there'd be right? no dipping on my part. Uh, I'm not doing that gross. either. Forget just ladies. <laughs> no one's doing that. No one should do that. Yeah. All right. That's enough poop talk, I think. Thank you. Oh, thank God. Friday, <laughs> number 2464. Well, that tickles our T-bone. So Luke is back at Walsh, Washington Dormat. He has set up what he characterizes as a wall of Jericho so that he can do a taste test with Andrew on different brands of weird, quote, soda products, unquote, that he picked up at the Dern Good Grocery. Uh, They talk a lot about something that they um, refer to as cinnamon Pepsi. Stupid to talk about it if you don't have it to taste test it, Luke. But uh, I looked it up. It's actually called Pepsi Fire. And there's one called Pepsi Ice, also that's Spearmint. But uh, this is only because they couldn't call it Pepsi Fireball. And that's a serious thing. (laughs) I did some reading about these um, sodas that they're developing, including the 1893 brand. And they're all supposed to be substitutes for alcohol. They're like alcohol-flavored sodas. Hmm. Yep. Um, So... Then he tells a story about not spitting at a wine tasting that he went to back in the day and how he got so wasted that he started a fight with a Cairo sponsor from El Gaucho restaurant, I think, and got called into Rod Arquette's office and told on no uncertain terms, I'm sure, that he needed to not do that anymore. Yes. Um, Then they do this taste test, which consisted of five sodas which were Dr. Pepper, Diet Dr. Pepper, (laughs) Squirt, 1893 Ginger Cola, and Mountain Dew Pitch Black. Uh, Luke says later on that he thought he didn't execute this very well. And I would agree with that. I think the idea was great. I think they could have had a ton of fun or tons of fun, as Andrew always says, with this Mm -hmm. concept. But he just did a terrible job of picking the sodas. I think he just wanted a diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote this would have been better if it involved cheer wine. And then actually, no, it wouldn't. (laughs) There is an actual, there's a whole podcast called Totally Beverages and Sometimes Hot Sauce that is dedicated to this concept. And it's surprisingly entertaining because the guys are genuinely excited about beverages. Um, But this one was a little, I don't know, random. Uh, it sounds like Jeremy Holmes should be on that podcast. Oh, yeah. That's exactly who I thought of. <laughs> and why did he choose all warm sodas? Why didn't he go to the cooler? Well, now this is a little bit weird because we got a throw your phone from Margaret on this who says, I've listened to nearly every episode and I've never wanted to throw my phone so hard or so far. First, <laughs> who taste tests warm soda? Oh, wait, would you like ice? My answer, fuck no, I want cold soda. You had one job, Luke. (laughs) Second, 
There was so much background, gross slurping, swallowing, <laughs> messing around with cans, etc. I really rarely fast forward or skip entire episodes. I just push to the end of the testing. I did notice that too, Margaret, that there yeah. was a lot of weird background noise in this one. But I had a slightly different interpretation of this. I didn't, I mean, I didn't think that it was warm because, like she says, who drinks warm soda, especially the stuff that you get from the convenience store? You get it out of the giant cases that they have. I just thought it was Andrew being really weird about ice cubes. Mm. Like, Mm. he has to have ice cubes with his soda. And it wasn't that, I mean, maybe it had been 25 minutes since Luke bought the sodas or whatever, so they weren't exactly ice cold. But um, I didn't get the impression that he bought them warm, that it was just an Andrew. I have another quirk. unpopular opinion here. I actually prefer warm yes. soda. <laughs> you like warm soda. I think wow. it the flavor, and I hate being cold. Hmm. But I realize that I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't like I don't like ice melting in my soda so if the, it's going to have a lot of ice in it I want to drink it fairly quickly yeah because I don't want to dilute that sweet sweet diabetes taste <laughs> but you know uh, cold soda definitely over warm mm-hmm. yeah I don't know it was all I mean like it was a step that was just a little bit off on this whole taste test thing. I think it had the potential to be really good and really fun, but uh, Luke needs to just plan better and, geez, get some weirder sodas. Call Jeremy. He'll hook you up with weird, right? And he knows all the well, right weird stores, energy drinks. too. Yeah. He knows yeah. the places that carry the weirdest stuff. Little iron brew. And then there's some, there's some sort of weird, almost throwaway moment here where we learn that both Veeves and Carrie have mixology degrees. Can that be right? Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> I wondered if, if Andrew was saying that Veeves had one as a joke because Luke said that Carrie has one. But, I mean, that's what, like, one eight-hour training session to get a degree in mixology, right? I don't oh, get I the no impression idea. that it's, like, a semester or anything. I don't know. I've never looked into it. So the top story for the day is the whole follow-up on the Amazon Whole Foods acquisition and how they've dropped the prices um, and how Luke was unimpressed at the prices that they had actually been dropped to. Uh, there is this article in the Wall Street Journal where they quote here informally, unquote, that Whole Foods is already busier, even though their prices are not competitive. Like they're still 30% more expensive than Walmart. Well, this is bullshit to start with. You can't, well, you can, obviously, but you shouldn't write a story where you hear informally about anything and then you extrapolate that to draw conclusions about a business and we agree that it's essentially just marketing it's because this whole deal has gotten whole foods to be top of mind to people so they're shopping there and then they transition to talking about trader joe's because andrew says i think he doesn't shop at whole foods or trader joe's um, and how it's known for problematic parking and then luke says and I quote that it is a soulless exurban hell life with these sprawling parking lots and bed, bath, and beyonds. Unquote. 
And I'm trying to be positive, but at this point, I just need to say, go fuck yourself, Luke. (laughs) Lots of us live in the suburbs, and we have good lives. And if we want something exciting or a good restaurant or whatever, we drive into the city. It's fine. I can be in Minneapolis or in St. Paul in 15 minutes from my house. So just because I like to have a garage so I can park my house, or I like to have easy, quick transit to places and not have to deal with city traffic, it doesn't mean that I'm some sort of automaton who just blankly watches NCIS at the end of my night. (laughs) Am I right, Bobby? (laughs) Let's, uh, Let's watch it there with the NCIS season premiere coming up in just a few weeks. Thank you. Uh, I just get tired of this very smug attitude towards people who have chosen to organize their lives in a in a slightly different way. Even as Luke acknowledges how crazy it is trying to get parking at Trader Joe for when he carries. Well, he doesn't go. live in the city. What is he talking about? <laughs> I don't it's know. True. I technically live in the city, but I I never have any problem parking at Trader Joe's. No, me, yeah, neither. me neither. I don't know what yeah. the deal is. Whatever. Um, Okay, then we learned that people are mad that Luke said that Ireland was part of the United Kingdom yesterday. Uh, Uh, That was including me in real time as I was listening to Thursday's show, (laughs) and I stopped down to go into our planning conversation to say, what is Luke doing? In part because it upset me that he said that, and in part because I knew it was going to set off a hellstorm of people who... (laughs) As as I said, you know, they're, they're different, and then, Anne, you chimed in with... They're very different, and people take it very seriously. <laughs> yes. I, the difference between Ireland and Northern Ireland may not seem very important to us Americans, but it oh really is to the Irish <laughs> like people. North yes. and South Korea. Well, they're just Korea. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. There may or may not have been some actual armed conflict over the matter. <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. Right. And essentially, Luke tells people to suck it. He doesn't say, oh, whoops, my bad. <laughs> he just says, eh, He's sort of like, yeah, who cares? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> top story, I guess second top story, is that Chili's is cutting its menu almost 50% uh, from 125 to 75 items. That's not actually 50%, but we'll let that go. And they are <laughs> abandoning attempts to essentially be trendy. They're letting go of the quinoa and the kale and all of that stuff and just... Going back to good old American comfort food, ribs, whatever. I I don't see why they tried to branch out from that in the first place. But I was really amused at this article that Luke was reading from where the customer feedback, they got three important branches of customer feedback, the Chili's Brass did, that customers want faster service, they want hotter food, and they want high quality products at a great value. <laughs> Hmm. Boy, the bar has been low at Chili's. Yeah. If people are like, I just like my food to be hotter. <laughs> I've only been to a Chili's oh. once a long time ago. Is it that bad? I never thought it was. T- I mean, it is what it is. It's a exurban hell <laughs> chain restaurant, <laughs> right? <laughs> I have trouble with restaurants where there are too many menu items. I get overwhelmed. and Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. When they try to do too many things, they don't do any of them yeah. very well. Mm-hmm. But different people and different tastes, again, um, one of my brother-in-laws is really a very sort of meat and potatoes kind of guy. He, my mom 
always tries to make something like meatloaf when he comes mm. over because he's really suspicious <laughs> of vegetables and he's just you know he he grew up in a in a home where it was very um light on vegetables let's put it that way and so when we go out to eat we go to the outback or we go to applebee's or we go to chili's because those are places that he feels comfortable and and he likes and there's no reason that he shouldn't be comfortable there but no. i wouldn't say that it's world-class food we definitely have times when we just go to tgi fridays because we want a burger that's going to be the right. same burger we know it's going to be and whatever um and i love those moments where there's very little thought involved and you're not going expecting anything more than what you're going to get um, and similarly, if Sam and I are driving home from Boston after a concert or something and we want something, we know it's going to be open at 11 o'clock and it's on our way home and it's going to have something we'll want to eat, the Cheesecake Factory mm. in Seltzer Plaza. <laughs> and Cheesecake Factory has the biggest menu of any restaurant ever. Oh, um, yeah. But they'll have something that will seem appetizing when we are exhausted and it's been a long day and we start flipping through the menu. We'll, we'll land somewhere where we know we're going to be happy enough. And that, that serves a purpose for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Luke says that restaurants that offer one of everything don't work. And Andrew kind of quibbles with that. He says he really likes extensive menus at places with what he refers to a lower brow feel, <laughs> but he loves diners and mm -hmm. all those diners have really right. extensive menus for the most yeah. part. Yep. So, and then uh, the best part of this conversation is Luke shares that Addie once incorrectly told him that Applebee's microwaves <laughs> all their food. <laughs> Ugh. And yes. I guess that is not true, although someone who worked at Applebee's said that it was not out of the question to like nuke a steak for 20 seconds. To just get it to well, the and it's not right a great level. sign that it's a believable a believable yeah. rumor, right? Like right. Like, right. Yeah, it sounds about right. It sounds like right. they do microwave yeah. the vegetables, so it wasn't entirely untrue. Hmm. No, but uh, Luke goes into this story about this grill apocalypse. I mean, speaking of steaks, he had a grill apocalypse on Labor Day weekend because he ran out of propane. He doesn't understand how he ran out of propane because he did check it. So right in the middle of the party with hot hot dogs and um, beef patties on the on the grill, he had to make a run to the store to refill the propane tank. And he said that at first he just took the tank and walked into the store and he got yelled at by a 15-year-old girl who said, you can't have that in here. <laughs> Which is such a Luke thing. And then he got a replacement canister and he still couldn't get that to work until Phil bled off some of the water in the tank, I think is what he said. And he mm -hmm. Luke was super self-conscious about not being macho enough. And that was only compounded by the fact that Phil then told him that, that Carrie was blaming Luke for not being able to work the grill properly and <laughs> making commentary about his manliness. <laughs> I don't know if I believe Phil on that one. He doesn't sound like a super reliable source. <laughs> that doesn't also doesn't sound like something Carrie would do. She's not mean. No. But don't we all think then, Carrie's uh, probably handier than Luke is? Oh, yeah. without doubt. <laughs> yeah. Look, Luke has lots of skills, but physical dexterity and doing outdoor work is just not one of those things. It's okay, Luke. She loves you for other reasons. Yeah. And speaking of which, we get an update on the planter box. Uh, one of them was just completely demolished, so Luke couldn't save it. He had to 
tear it apart and put the dirt elsewhere. And then he says he sort of fixed the other one, whatever that means. And Andrew has a good suggestion that uh, he could get a trunk to replace, uh, to put where the other one was that he could use for their tools and their yard things. And then Luke says that when he said he could rebuild the planter that Carrie actually laughed at him out loud. <laughs> so that was a little mean. Okay. Maybe That's I should take back what I just said. Maybe it's because he used duct tape to sort of fix the other one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. He's, he said he bought braces. He he bought braces from Home Depot or something. So, you know. I'm sure it was fine. I suspect that Luke's real problem is that he tries to shortcut and half-ass mm-hmm. all of his projects yeah, like yeah. that so he wants to come up with some solution that's going to work real quick instead of taking the time to do it properly uh emails for the day from joe that they called josh for a long time it made so much more sense he said something about he'd been married for 49 years and i was like somebody who's named josh can't possibly have been married for 49 <laughs> years that's a name that's of a, a much point. younger man but mm-hmm. his name was joe and he had something about the subaru commercial uh, about how the cheesiest part of it was the legal disclaimer. And I wrote, if Anne wanted to listen to talk about commercials, she would listen to after these messages. It was just a little bit too much overlap for me at this point to have mm-hmm. three days of talking about this commercial. And I wrote, are we talking about this effing commercial again? <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Unfortunately. <laughs> And from Kevin on the onion subject, which is evergreen, he says to wipe water under your eyes like you were putting the uh, sport ball blacking under your eyes and the onions will attack there instead of your eyes. I don't know if that works, but that sounds interesting anyway. And finally, music for your weekend from Luke, this new artist Vagabond with the Embers. Andrew with a not new artist, the B-52s, dance this mess around. And listener Mackenzie chooses sisters with Buck. And that is the end of a very long week. Indeed. And as usual, we're running long, so we're going to do housekeeping nice and quick. You should buy LRB merch at uh, littleredbandwagon.com. You should archive for us. Email us for more information on that. And you should buy stuff from Amazon at littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. We haven't found out how we're going to get pennies from Whole Foods yet. We're working on it. But until then, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon. Make sure you buy all your funny, weird, awkward stuff so that we can talk about it on a future show. Uh, Listen to our friends over at Earbuds and Earworms this week, an episode about funny songs. Uh, And there is at least one Weird Ale song on the list. And make sure to send us your favorite clips from the year that was in LRB so that we don't have to do any real work later in December. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> and if you would like to get involved with the show, visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com. Uh, send us an email of throw your phone or hug your phone moments at throwyourphone.com. Uh, also, uh, uh, Facebook, we're on Facebook all the time. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com for all your non phone throwing related uh, subjects. And please remember if you'd like to play TBTL Bingo, just send me an email at tbtlbingo at gmail.com and I will send you out a bingo card when we get around to it. Finally, a voicemail or a text is 802 432 TBTL. That's 802 432 8 285 and with that 
who is going to get us out of here? Uh, I will. Uh, but before I do, just thanks again to Ellen for joining us on this recap. Thank you. Thanks oh, yes. for letting me, giving me an outlet for all of my opinions. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, and with that, until next time, this is the next part. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. Okay, so like Christy said, do you think that all the people who are saying, I had a dream with Luke and Andrew are just total BSing it until you have it? And so I had a dream that I was at Andrew's house recording TVTL with Luke and Andrew. And then Professor Bananas started levitating. <laughs> like, you know when you pick a cat up around the armpits and the back yeah. legs hang? So mm-hmm. she was doing that, but by herself. And she was stretched out to like three feet. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Yikes. not only was she levitating, she was directing movement. So she was like zooming across the room. <laughs> and I said... Oh my God, what is happening? And Andrew goes, Oh, yeah, she's been doing that more lately. And I was like, Your cat is flying. That's fantastic. (laughs) And then I was super upset about it until the point when Genevieve came home with their two year old son. Oh. And I was like, Wait. And they told me that they had had a secret child and they just didn't want any of the tens to know. That's strangely believable. I wasn't allowed to say anything. And I. It is kind of believable, actually. Luke was really serious. He's like, Anne, you cannot tell anybody. And I said, My lips are sealed. And then I was thinking, Oh my God, but I want to tell the guys. It's like when you send a high school girl away for her pregnancy, they just went to LA. (laughs) Oh my God. I have um, TBTL dreams all the time because I fall asleep while I'm listening. And then in my dream, I'm getting really mad because nobody's listening to me while I'm trying to participate in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) They're just blowing right past you. Yeah, no, I get really angry. (laughs) That's why you're here, Ellen. You're going to have your voice heard. Yes. (laughs) 